Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Did you do it right this time? Okay, <laughs> that's great. Bring that up, yes. This is a second take here. Yeah, well, this is the second take on starting this. Roger messed something up. So what happens when he messes it up, we have to listen to the entire intro all the way through. And it's... We forget how long that thing is. It's like three or four minutes or I don't know, maybe more. Yeah. That We're sitting here listening to the whole thing. we got to wait for it to finish so we can start all over again. I'm sorry so, I put you through that, Jeff. So welcome to the, the Fields torture. Brothers show. And for now, we have decided to – we're going to keep the title the way it is. We may – we've right, – little um, inside baseball here. Roger and I toyed with the idea of coming up with a, some other name for a podcast, but we've kind of concluded at this point that we're happy the way it is. So the Fields Brothers show. So – Welcome to the Fields Brothers Show. My name is Jeff Fields. I am here with my brother who is... Roger Fields, the older brother, the more creative one. Coming to you from the rolling hills of central Kentucky. Beautiful this time of year. Beautiful most of the year. And had a lot of rain this summer, so uh, we're a beautiful area. Very green. Roger, you need to be more careful about what you say on our podcast at times. I (laughs) I heard from a listener this week... You almost caused someone to have a wreck in their car while they were driving, <laughs> listening. Heard from a couple of people about while they were listening to it, so yeah. we'll just start out with that. Okay, no, no. what did I say? But a fellow that I know, person lives around here, said he, uh, I can't remember, he said he, he's about lost and he was driving his car. I don't specifically remember, said if he almost wrecked. And if he almost wrecked, he was saying that and he was exaggerating, okay. I'm sure. But it was when one time we were talking about golf and oh, you, re- I know what you're gonna, yeah, you refer to a I golf knew. shot as a what? Do you remember that? A swipe, that? A yeah. Swipe. swipe, yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. said when he heard you refer to a, the golf shot as a swipe, he said I, it about lost it. I bet, I bet he was, of course, he was a golfer. I mean, golfers take everything I don't so serious. Yeah, he was. I, he didn't take it all so seriously, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, get the lingo wrong. You so know? just be careful. No, it is called a stroke, so I guess that's what you were thinking, stroke and swipe and I did and all this, correct but, myself, and I said stroke after that. But, but I did. Okay, that reminds me. I heard of this. Now, the, the, I wanna, I'm curious to see if you've heard of this. I never heard of this. Um, fling golf. Have you ever heard of fling golf? No, but it sounds more fun than, oh, than yeah, normal I mean, You golf. might like this. You might All actually right. like this. It is kind of interesting. It was uh, it was on Shark Tank. I, I didn't see that episode of Shark Tank, but it popped up on my Facebook feed that showed that it had been on Shark Tank. And what it is, someone, I don't know how much it's catching on or not, but you, you play it, I, see, I think, with a regular golf ball on a real golf course, but instead of hitting it with clubs, or as you would say, swiping it with a club, <laughs> you there's a little cup on the end of the this um stick basically it's you just have one stick to play with right. it's a little longer than the typical golf club right. and it has a little basket type of cup on the end of it and you put the ball there and then oh, you just those. That's you what they sling use. the it, golf like, ball down it, the it, fairway it's the miniature courses when your water goes your ball goes into the water sometimes they have to use that little cup thing to well, get the ball out is it like that no i mean this one's kind of flexible and it's designed to fling it that's the name, fling golf. So you just throw the ball you, you out there? You kind of run up to the tee, and you fling it. You know, have a stick here, and you run up, and you fling it. It reminds me a little bit of, um, is it lacrosse, you know, yeah. where they have the sticks, yeah. and they kind of fling the thing there. But these are a little longer. They're a little yeah. flexible. And what they what they pattern after, which does kind of make, I can see the parallel, is um, snowboarding. You know, we had snow skiing for a long time. We've had don't act like so you don't know what snowboarding is. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, is this like snowboarding? You're missing it. You're missing this. Fling golf, they're hoping fling golf is to golf what snowboarding is to snow skiing. 
you know, we had snow skiing forever, and then someone came along, hey, let's use the same snow, the same slope, and just do it on a single board rather than two separate skis. Evidently, it took a while to catch on, but once it caught on, I mean, it's an Olympic sport now. Oh, it's big, yeah. So they're hoping that that's, that's kind of their the pattern or the example that so they can get to fling golf. So I never heard of it. Well, so. I will see how, where it goes. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say in five years it's not going to catch on. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to catch on, but I just didn't know if you've ever heard that or not. The other thing I heard from a listener, and this makes sense, is that um, listener listened to us outside doing yard work, and evidently uh, we're good for that. That while you're doing yard work, you know, kind of block everything out. And, hey, you and missed some leaves there, the, lady. There. No, there you go. Your left. There you go. There you go. Okay. Right there. You got it. This, this particular one wasn't a lady. Why'd you assume it was a lady here? But anyway, the, the one I, I just example, went one did. direction or the other. I just, I don't know. Did you hear, I read this today, so this is fresh. There was a Cracker Barrel poll about the favorite food and the least favorite food at Cracker Barrel. Oh, did you see this? Yeah, I can tell you. Okay. Hey, you're, you're, I mean, did you see the article? No. Okay. No. So they polled 645 people and asked them, and I don't think breakfast menu was included. So okay. we're talking lunch and dinner. I can tell you what it is. So there, so there was one. So we're, I don't know the the second and third place and all this, but there was there was a, a best one. And they weren't even close. There was a all worst right. one. The best one, 23% of the all people right, no, this is not my have favorite. the best one. Chicken and dumplings. You were right. That I, was 20. Do I know Cracker Barrel or do I know Cracker Barrel? <laughs> so why Barrel? did you say that? How did you because know that? Because I know that's what a lot of people, when I go out, a lot of people order the chicken and dumplings. I don't like it. How do you know that's what they were? You going around looking at other people's table? Well, and looking I'm at sitting the, there when they order people that I go out to eat with. They okay. order a lot of the people. Okay. It's a, I've heard how many times they <clears throat> chicken order and chicken and dumplings. dumplings. That's a, it's kind of the classic Southern yeah, food yeah, type of thing. Yeah. So, well, okay, very good. I commend you then well, there for you, your, you there. <laughs> you you uh, underestimated me, didn't you? I bet the I bet the worst one. This was the worst. At thirty two percent of those responded named the same item was for the worst the li- one. The liver and their liver. Uh, that's not what it was. I don't remember if there's you know, liver on the menu or not. Um, but uh, tell me, I don't know. Rainbow trout. Oh really? So evidently, there's rainbow trout. Yeah, on Yeah, I've it. never been so, with anybody that's ever ordered the rainbow trout. So okay. But anyway, huh? in terms of religion and how we tend to turn everything or how the system, religious system, tends to turn everything into performance-based, I bet you've heard this, the idea that you need to believe with all your heart. So, Roger, do you believe in Jesus? You would say what? Well, yes. yes. Then, but, but if I say, but do you believe with all of your heart? I think I'm at like eighty two point six. I mean, how, yeah. How do you even gauge yeah. that? You know, I mean, that's that. That's another example of how we try to define something. We have to try to make it finite when you can't do it. There was a post. Let me get this up on the phone. I want on. Uh, I want to read a couple of these things. Um, one of the um, probably need to mention though. It's been a while since we've done that. You and I are are uh, administrators in a couple of different Facebook groups. Um, one called um, Religion Free Community. Changed the name movement, recently. Movement, yeah. Movement. Religion Free Movement. And then the other, Freedom in Christ um, Movement. Yeah. So those are um, really some good uh, posts and good articles um, that are mentioned in those. I just want to make sure that we did get the right. But you know, one of those recently had a post um, that uh, I think her name was Lisa that posted this and, and compared the compared the words stress and rest. 
It's pretty simple. You know, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Religion basically says, come to me, and I will give you stress. Yeah. And Lisa Kraft was the one that posted this. And it's the idea that, that there's, there's always a subtle or not so subtle teaching that if you really want to be a good Christian, if you want to be a disciple, you've got to be something that you're not right now. It's always the, you always need to be different yeah. than who you are. Right. And, and I think that is such a misguided teaching that really does a lot of damage and, and ignores the fact that, or kind of overlooks the beauty of how Christ wants to demonstrate his beauty and his grace in a billion different ways through our lives. And it's going to be consistent with who you are yeah. to a large degree. Is that making yeah. sense? Or? Yeah. You, know, you got to be careful. Anytime somebody wants to put an adjective in front of the word like believer or even in front of the word Christian, you know, are you a true? He's a committed Christian? believer. Are you a committed <laughs> I've said that a lot Christian. myself. Yeah. You, you know, a, if someone is kind of a serious minded, <laughs> yeah. you know, you yeah. want to tell them, you kind of want to, yeah. you do want to put an adjective yeah. in front yeah. of that. But the idea that, um, it's the, the stress versus rest. And so, like, uh, at, at the end of this post, she writes, See, believers, we are actually set up for success to do the things God planned ahead of time for us to walk into. How sweet is that? It's his idea, so let's believe him and enjoy our union with him as we see what's next. It's not hard and pressing. We find rest, not stress, for our souls. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, So I, th- I thought that was good. I tell you, every now and then you do stumble on some good stuff on Facebook. Here's one I read the other day I thought was pretty good. A lot, of, a lot of dumb stuff. But when God put a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. <laughs> oh, I kind of like that, you know? Not like he got caught off guard when you did something stupid, you know? I was reading Paul Ellis the other day, and he pointed out, we've talked some about this, maybe a little bit in our book, but, you know, the kingdom of heaven is basically a party. I mean, there's so much in the New Testament, the parables yeah. of Jesus, and then heaven itself in the book of Revelation is a wedding feast. Yeah. And it that is so counter to what yeah what what is generally presented in so called you know quote unquote yeah. Christianity and Christian yeah. circles and it sure doesn't you know the average unbeliever the average person that doesn't know anything about God or Christ that is sure not the picture that they yeah first miracle that. was at a so, party yeah you know, wedding party and that yeah. so many of the um and the teachings of Jesus are along those along those lines a couple okay. other things came across. Um, Ralph Harris out in Colorado, like Ralph, um, he used a couple phrases that differentiate between the Old Covenant and New Covenant. And it's just, before I've used the phrase, and it's kind of similar to this, but I've used the phrase, you know, in the New Covenant, or the Old Covenant's in order that the New Covenant is as a result of. So, you know, are you living your life in Christ in order that you do this in order to get something or as a result of? He used the, just each two phrases, if you versus because he. So if you're living under law, it's always if you, yeah. It's everything is based on if you, yeah. If you do this, then that. If you do this, then that. So the key phrase is if you. In the new covenant under grace, the key phrase is because he. Yeah. So it's it's you know, that's he uses the phrase that's our starting point. Yeah, come from that. I think I think one of the stories that illustrates that too. And I always, I always every time I reread this story, I kind of like it. You know, it's it's uh, where Jesus begins to wash the feet of the disciples. And, you know, I just love the fact that Peter, you know, because Peter flipped out, you know, he goes, no, you're not going to wash me. Jesus, I'll wash your feet, you know. And Jesus says, no, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me, you know. So the issue was Peter didn't want to sit still and let Jesus do something for him. Mm-hmm. He felt like it was all about what he did for Jesus. And was always, I mean, we're all like Peter, you know. It's like it's just hard to fathom 
that you know the Son of God would do something for us while we just sit there and receive it, rather than us jump up and you know. And Peter was very well meaning, you know. I think his his heart was probably in the right place, but he just totally missed it. He totally missed the whole point. You know, it's he thought it was all about what he did. Yeah, that's another. I thought of this again the other day. It's been a long time since we've talked about this about you know the disciples of, and and I think it's worth repeating that this whole emphasis of seeing a disciple as a higher level of believer. You come across that yeah. a lot in churches. Yeah. You know, it's not enough to be a believer. You know, okay, yeah, fine, you may be a believer, you, you may be a Christian, be a disciple, but you need to go on to be a disciple. Right. When you think about that, so the example you just gave, yeah. okay, so what, well, if you look at the disciples in the Gospels, yeah. You see, you know, you see disciples fighting with each other. Who's going to be yeah. first? Yeah. You see one not letting Jesus do what he wanted to do in that. You see them abandoning Jesus yeah. at the cross, pretty much for the most part. Peter outright denying him, uh, trying to stop him from go to Jerusalem, and he says, "You know, get behind me, Satan." James and John wanted so, to burn up a city. Yeah, I mean, they're know? ready to tear down the yeah. place. And so, okay, is that? Yeah, and is those that, were the disciples. Are those so, our prototypes yeah. of what uh, <laughs> is that what we're, we're supposed to be? We're, we're, we're going for that. Is that it? And yeah. so it's it's a shock to many people to know that the word disciple is never in scripture after the book of Acts, and it kind of yeah. starts to fade in Acts. So early yeah. on, it's kind of synonymous with yeah. the believers. Well, every believer is called a disciple right, in Acts. Right. I mean, there's no there's no two tiered system. And that was that was a common phrase in that day, a learner with that. But um, after after the book of Acts, Romans on, they're called saints, and so we never. So it, it's just fascinating that that so much is put emphasis on that. Another thing I came across, First uh, Timothy two four, a friend of mine posted this that a familiar verse about God. I think it's when God is not willing that any should perish. We talked about all that to be saved and to. Do you remember the part after that? But once all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of. Come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth. But the idea of that those are two separate things in the order of that. Once they want to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, obviously, we Jesus is the truth, so we're not going to be saved unless we know him. But that there's, once we're saved in that regard and placed into Christ, you know, there's a lot of learning. Yeah, there's a lot come of truth, learning, of a lot truth, of truth of learning to go on after that. I, I've I thought of a... I've never done an escape room. Have you ever done one of the? Yeah, you've done that twice. time or two. Yeah. Did you get out both times? One time or what? You? Uh, I think we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. You need to come up with a religion escape room, <laughs> kind of where you're you're trapped in religion, and you have to follow these clues <laughs> to get out or something like that. So, I mean, they turn yeah. every other type of music into a Christian version of something. So, yeah. you know, we can That'd do that. To do. But anyway. Hey, I got something for you to think about. Okay, I mean, I have an, an illustration. I think a, a pretty good illustration of the power of the blood of Jesus and what he did when he shed his blood for us, okay? You ever thought about this? That, and we've talked, it's been months, but we've talked about how incredibly big the universe is and how it's all in motion. You know, nothing in the universe stays still. So you got the earth spinning, Mm -hmm. okay? Nobody talks about this stuff, by the way. You know, the earth spins, the earth goes around the sun, that's our solar system, and we have nine planets now that Pluto got upgraded back into the planet status again the solar system yeah the solar system then moves through the milky way galaxy at a high rate of speed and the milky way galaxy is moving through the universe okay nothing in the universe sits still okay everything is moving so forget creation for a moment and and i saw another show about how scientists are just so baffled on how this is all staying together now the new term is dark energy there's a dark energy that we don't know what it is holding all this together. Now, here's the thing. Think about this for a second. I'm so, with you. So I'm you've thinking. Got, you've got the earth spinning, going around the sun. 
the whole solar system going through the, the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy is moving through the universe, and they estimate, now how they came up with this number, they estimate there's about 10 billion galaxies. Okay? So there's a whole bunch of these everywhere. It, it's just so vast you can't fathom. Like we say God is all-powerful, you know, all-knowing, you know, he's infinite. I mean, we have no concept of what that even means, okay? But the God who holds all that together cannot remember your sin. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? He can do all of that, but he says he's forgotten our sin. You know, the power of the blood of Jesus is that big, that powerful. The Bible also says he can't lie either. Mm-hmm. But he can do all of this, but there are there's certain things that God has just chosen to limit himself, really is what it means, um, through what Jesus has done for us. I think that's and, of course, and obviously the sin taken on the cross. That I found myself thinking about this a few days ago, that, that phrase of the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Yeah. That, you know, because it's hard for us to think, obviously, outside of time, but... The, he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So even before the world was created, he was already yeah. crucified in that sense. Yeah. Outside of time, the lamb yeah. slain. So by the time, you know, by the time a lamb was created in early in Genesis, the yeah. angels are probably thinking that's like Jesus. Yeah. You know, when well, yeah. we think of Jesus as like a lamb, they're thinking that lamb's like Jesus, you know. Yeah. And then the fact that I mentioned this I think a few months ago that he had the nail prints after his resurrection. I'm I'm still fascinated by that that after his resurrection in his glorified body he could walk through walls. He still had the the nail prints. Yeah, that is his hands. Yeah. And that 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 is a so and I'll just repeat what I mentioned that time. If we could see our hands spiritually, uh, we would see nail prints because we were nailed with him. Yeah. Thought of this. Were you getting ready to say something? No, no. Go ahead. The verses in um, you know, I love tying the verses from the Old and the New Testament together to see the fulfillment of them. But the verse in Proverbs that talks about guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. I think it says. Remember that verse. Uh, yes. And then in, you know compare that to Philippians four where it talks about you know rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. That's one of Dad's favorite verses in a, in a modern paraphrase. In verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will what guard, guard your, your hearts and minds in Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. So Proverbs says, guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. But if we lose sight of the new covenant and Christ in us, and us, and that we are in Christ, you can turn that into a rule. Oh, I've got to guard my heart. I've got to guard my heart. Yeah. Well, no, you don't have to guard your heart. You need to. You have to believe in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus and see who He is and trust in Him and rest in Him, you know the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So it's just. I mean, it's it's beautiful to see the fulfillment. That verse in, I think, Second Corinthians early in that book, that all the promises are yes in Christ Jesus, that we see these. Now, I, I don't know if I brought this up in a previous podcast. I don't think I did, so I'm going to bring it up now. And this came across uh, in one of the Bible studies I'm in that uh, uh, where it talks about, now don't look this up, okay, but do you remember okay. um, where it says um, that, that you can shine like stars in the universe, you shine as lights 
In I remember the, the verse. I don't remember where okay. it that you, was. It says that you can, that you, it says that you may, I thought I find this kind of fascinating, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and, and twisted generation among okay. whom you shine like lights or okay. stars in the world. I think you I think, do know where it so is. So how do you shine like, boy, you must be really spiritual to be able to, to be able to shine like a star. I mean, you must be sharing your faith every day. You must be into the, into the, in the scripture. I have an incredible prayer life, maybe walking in miracles, whatever. No, there's two things. If you do these two things, you'll shine like a star. Are you ready? Okay. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. In other words, don't, <laughs> don't grumble and don't argue with people, and you're going to shine like a star. Is it, I don't know. I disagree with you on that, Roger. Well, that is not that. No, no, that is all, way off. Yeah, right. So you're already disputing. <laughs> do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent. In other words, you'll stand out in the world if you just can go through life without fussing about everything. Quit your fussing. Quit your belly aching. Yeah. I mean, isn't that kind of interesting? So, so the phrase "quit your belly aching." Is everybody else familiar with that, or is that was that, that, that a, Kentucky a Kentucky phrase? phrase? I don't know. Maybe so. A it's scriptural. Phrase. Yeah. So it's scriptural. Could but if you don't complain and argue, you will stand out in society. Is what that really means. It's a pretty low bar, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought, thought when shine like a star in the universe. I mean, you must really be a spiritual <laughs> giant. You know, no. If you just go through life and stop your complaining and fussing, you're gonna stand out. I just think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I guess I do. Um, that's that's probably worth me hearing. Let's put it that way. And that's so. <laughs> this just for you. And this is in Philippians two, by the way. Look at in verse chapter two, verse fourteen and fifteen. If you want to look that up, of course, Paul wrote that. But you didn't think of the other things that Paul wrote. So I mean, so it's not saying we're never ever criticize anything. He came down hard on the yeah. legalist and all this. And so there there is a place. Obviously, we do it here. But you know, he wasn't there. just. Yeah, but he, in terms of our relations, you he know, pointed out error. Day day. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can do that. Yeah. But he didn't go around complaining all the time. You yeah. know, well, I got beaten again, and by you know <laughs> another shipwreck. You know, and I didn't go around. Talk about how I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not. <laughs> last time I went to that city, they threw me in jail. Did I like, read that? You, you know, still got that up, or I can right. get it back up. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> Philippians two. You said Philippians two. I remember being Verse Philippians fourteen and, to fifteen. Well, I'll read it here. Okay, for, for it's right after. Okay, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Yeah. Do all things. Yeah. I mean that that's interesting that it follows that verse. Yeah. For it's okay. Think about that. For it's God who works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. So you think, you know, the natural thing is some big accomplishment. You're going to will and to do. You're going to do yeah. great things for God. Right on the heels of that, do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked I mean, and perverse generation this is a, among whom you shine as lights in the world. This is an incredible scripture for somebody who's up making a big decision in life. Should I take the job in Michigan or should I stay with the job I've got? Or maybe take another opportunity in Ohio. Well, you know what? You do what you think maybe is the best. You pray about it, sure. But whatever it is, just do it without complaining and grumbling. Or you know, I mean, if you do that, the disciples murmured and complained at times. Oh, so. the Israelites can murmur and complain yeah. all the time. You know, Jesus and, never complained about anything, though, did he? Not much. Not that I saw. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, he again, he pointed out the air yeah, and all that. Yeah. But in terms of, no, he really didn't murmuring it's an interesting he didn't say hey can you guys keep it down i'm trying to take a nap over here on this boat you know he wasn't always he didn't complain about stuff murmuring just, and disputing yeah but murmuring is complaining disputing is arguing so if you don't complain and argue you could and I, I just think that's kind of brilliant you're going to stand out people are going to notice that because that's our default yeah. mechanism we, com we complain about stuff and we argue about everything
I'm working on the arguing stuff. I'm trying to tone down my <laughs> arguing. So when I so when I read some of these st- uh, posts on Facebook, I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to argue about this, but I really would love to give a grace perspective yeah. too. So I try to do it very gently. I'm trying to do that too, of still acknowledging, yeah. showing appreciation for someone's desire. Because yeah. a lot of time there is a genuine intent, a genuine yeah. common oh, yeah. desire um, for that. It wasn't so that long just, ago I would have said the exact same thing yeah. they're saying. Yeah. So I can't, you for know. sure. I'm ready to end on that. The idea of, of shining like stars in the universe by just quit your belly aching. Is it, is it that simple? I think it might be. And part of that comes when we know that we're loved by the Father. Yeah. And we know that we're forgiven. I mean, that's kind of the foundation of all this. Yep. And that's why it's, you know, it is in later on Philippians 2, after he's already talked about our righteousness is in Christ earlier in chapter 2. Yes. And all that, and Christ in you, the hope of glory in, in chapter 1. So, I mean, that, so it's, this stuff, grace really works in the real world. And yep. when we, we know who we are in Christ and who he is in us, we are loved, we are forgiven. Yep. That's a great statement, by the way. Why? I like that grace works in the real world. I like that. 